Hello, welcome to Eden Talks, where we discuss all things SAP. I'm Andy Bell, Chief Technology Officer at Eden House, part of Accenture, and I'm joined today by James Bates, Head of Rise with SAP UK, to discuss S4HANA, Rise and Journey to Cloud. Hi, James. Morning, Andy. This is a really interesting topic that's got a lot of you know, focus and attention in recent times. I guess the first thing I wanted to open up with is Rise was launched back in January 2021. It's been on the market for just over a year now. From your perspective, what's the, the market appetite and take-up been? Yeah, thanks, Andy. Look, I guess before before I answer, really, really great to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. We're seeing some really great traction with you guys in the marketplace, particularly in the energy industry, which is, is just really, really exciting. In terms of the, the broader traction and what we're seeing in the market, the response has been phenomenal. Um, we're continuing to see really great levels of growth and uptake around Rise. I think we're approaching around 1,500 customers to date now that have made the decision to adopt Rise. If you look back at some of the results from Q1, obviously we're in Q2 at the moment, but if we think about Q1, not the likes of Accenture, which you'll, you'll obviously be very familiar with, choosing to adopt Rise, but also Microsoft, Canon, building on the likes of Unipart and BMI in Q4. It's just absolutely phenomenal take up. And what do you think is driving that? Uh, I think, you know, what we've seen similar things from our perspective as a, as a partner working in the ecosystem, you know, that I think there's um, a recognition by customers that this is a solid offering. It's mature as a product now. There's an increasing number, as you said there, of success stories from other customers that obviously gives the next wave of customers confidence to, to move forward in the platform. But what are the key things, I guess, that you're seeing that's driving that, that appetite? Uh, it's an interesting one because I think we've seen... We've seen this evolve a little bit. When we launched Rise, a lot of the conversations that we were having with customers were quite cost and and TCO-centric. But we've seen that evolve now to become significantly more focused and more weighted towards the transformation conversation and how Rise actually helps customers accelerate that transformation. So I think we're, we're broadly sort of seeing three categories of adoption, if you will. One, that the TCO conversations are still there, don't get me wrong. Those customers that, that want to take that initial move and migrate the SAP workloads into the cloud, absolutely. Then there's, I think, a second category of, of moves and adoption that we're seeing around mergers, acquisitions, divestitures. Um, so we saw this with Asda is probably the most notable one, right? The customers who are uh, going through significant changes in their business and using that as the driver for ERP transformation, right? And then lastly, there is a, a group of more sort of traditional sort of install-based customers that are looking at S4 and their roadmap for S4 and seeing sort of how Rise can help them perhaps move quicker or or move with SAP kind of taking more accountability for the outcome. These are not insignificant moves, right? These are these are tricky things to do. So I think our customers are increasingly looking to to us to take more responsibility and accountability for for helping them along that journey. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think those, those categories we we've definitely seen the same thing, and particularly that that second one of um, the sort of merger acquisition divestment thing. We've seen that be a, a definite catalyst because obviously in those types of scenarios where by definition, you're changing the environment in which you're having to operate. 
the need to look at the environment and legacy solutions that you've been running those businesses with and, and use that as the catalyst for this transformation. Uh, we definitely see that as a pattern, but obviously for the majority, that's not necessarily going to be the case. And it's going to be those more traditional ones that are just looking to say, uh, you know, how do I move forward and realise some of the benefits from moving to a modern platform such as, uh, as Rise? What do you see as the main sort of business case drivers for, for that? Because we, we've obviously seen some customers be nervous about the scale of change of this sort of move as you said yourself it's not necessarily an insignificant undertaking mm. what are you seeing being the primary sort of business cases for uh, for customers to, to make that leap the tto bits there okay so a lot i don't want to kind of completely downplay that but let me sort of come at this from the point of view of talking with customers who are going through this perhaps not on the rise journey right i think that what we're hearing is that sometimes the level of complexity and friction associated with making these moves to the cloud is a little bit underestimated. So the business cases that we're getting involved in are driven by making things more predictable, lowering the risk associated with that migration to the cloud. With Rise, effectively, we're taking a lot of that friction and complexity away. It isn't necessarily lower TCO, it's more predictable TCO. At the same time, we're lowering the risk. So if you look at all of the the aspects that RISE addresses in terms of the security architecture, just to use one example, which is super relevant at the minute, customers are really focused on security and um, hardening their security. We we take care of a lot of that. I was talking with one of our um, security architects uh, just last week. There are 700 security hardening tasks that we do when we set up the rise environment so if customers are going to do this themselves then clearly that's a capability and uh, that they need to invest in so the, the business cases are being driven by reducing the risk accelerating the time to value associated with those transformation journeys because again we're taking a lot of that kind of complexity out of the equation therefore a, a customer can kind of get there quicker so for me, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, right, at the, the, the Accenture event, this is about velocity and velocity of the outcome. Yeah, and I, th- I think that bit's really important that the, um, as you say, that there's there's demands on businesses for robust infrastructure that can scale for uh, being security compliant. So all of these are really important facets of, you know, running, operationally running a business uh, that, that uses SAP as its core systems. But that's stuff that is necessary, but doesn't uh, inherently of, of itself add value to the businesses that you're trying to, to serve, you know, and, and what we want to make sure is that we're enabling all of our counterparts in our customers to be able to spend and focus the majority of their time improving processes enabling the new business models, um, serving and addressing the the business needs of of the businesses that they're trying to run while all of the operational elements are taken care of. So I think that's a really important element. I think there's a lot of traction we're seeing with customers, you know, starting to really buy into that model so that they can see that future where once they've got this established, they can now be much more agile and responsive to to their business's needs. Yeah, totally. We've seen that. We saw that at Inchcape. They talk about this with SAP taking the, call it the commodity layer associated with running of SAP that enables our customers to then focus on more of the value add layer 
more sort of yeah bar sort of that technical managed services piece around the the application managed services area and that arguably that's where the real business value is rather than the commodity aspects of running SAP. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's in line with this whole trend that's been going on for a number of years now of really trying to move the perception of the IT function within businesses from a cost centre to a, to a profit centre and a real enabler of business transformation. And I think, like I say, the, as the market's matured, in recent years and, and products like like Rise have come to market to, and, and really embraced that philosophy. It's really helped businesses get on board with that and, and drive that, that benefit in. What what we're seeing back to that sort of the evolution of the conversation piece is is that pretty much every time we have a holistic conversation when it comes to the to the TCO and the business case. And what I mean by that is if you take the transformation journey into account, you look at it over you know, a five-year period what, rather than just thinking about it in terms of a pure lift and shift, almost always the numbers stack up at that point. If all you're doing is looking at, well, okay, here's the, the cost of the infrastructure, the technical managed services, and can I buy sort of the software kind of cheaper in this way or that way? That's always going to be tricky. We do still see those conversations and actually, be, yeah, we're not averse to having them, but they are inherently more challenging. Yeah, no, that, that's a really nice segue onto, the, onto that next thing in terms of what are the, the barriers, if you like, that prevent businesses going down this path. Because I think whenever we talk to businesses, certainly there's, there's hardly anyone now we talk to who doesn't uh, understand this environment and the, and the potential and, and the, the benefits that can be derived from the journey to cloud and, and, and modernising their environment. But there's still, of course, some reticence with people to do this. And, you know, we know we particularly with SAP customers, many of our customers and, and many in the environment wider are running SAP solutions that they've implemented 10, 15, 20 years ago. And, and in those times, they had some battle scars, I guess, with long implementations and, and costly and, and, and degrees of overrun. So I guess they bring that perception with them and have those expectations of, of, the, of this journey as well. So we're, we're obviously constantly trying to reassure them that, you know, with today's modern platforms and methodologies and all of the learnings that we've done through implementing, you know, these things um, in, in recent times, we can bring accelerators to to bear and it doesn't have to be uh, as, as painful a journey as perhaps it was for them previously. So uh, what are you seeing in, in um, the conversations you're having with, with customers that have gone down this path already? One of the, the unique things about RISE is that a lot of that complexity that you've just been sort of highlighting, that is not a barrier to adopting RISE. So it's the full S4HANA code line. You can bring that level of customization with you right so this comes back to the the one of the core tenants of, of the messaging since the launch every customer has a unique starting point so one of the things we've avoided doing with rise is making it super prescriptive and saying well it's only s4 and you have to adopt the standard process or you can't do it you know that's not the case right you can take a lot of that sort of complexity and bring it with you now clearly over time, we really want to work with customers to move to that clean core, move to the standard business processes. So that drives the agility, the simplicity, but that doesn't have to be the starting point. So you can still take that initial step, even if you're not kind of there yet. 
that kind of makes make sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I, I absolutely recognize, and I think, you know, customers in the market recognize that, that every customer has a different starting point concept because, again, because of the length of time many of these environments have been in place, inevitably there's a, an ecosystem that's been built up around that. So there's, there's additional solutions, both SAP and non-SAP in customers' landscapes. There's degrees of integration, some good, some more complex. And so the undertaking that you need to, uh, you know, take on is, is is wider than just that that one thing so and i think that's what we see as as a um, concern for a number of customers as well so the recognition that you don't have to embark on a, on a significant transformation from a process point of view if you don't want to of course if you choose to and as you rightly said you know we've seen this many times before a lot of businesses are consciously using this as the catalyst to do you know a broader degree of transformation on their processes because They've concluded that they're either, you know, not optimal, not fit for purpose in some cases, and they they want to bring them back in line with, with more standardized things. But equally for many, they've evolved over time to become quite adept and, and efficient at meeting the, the needs of the business. So of course they'd be reluctant in those cases to throw those away and and, uh, and 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 put any risk on that. So with that spectrum of, of different customer mindsets across all of that, it's really important that the offering and, and the, the methodologies and processes we can use to bring people on the journey are adaptive to be able to meet you know anywhere on that that sort of spectrum i think that's really important i guess look coming back to that question around the barriers it's interesting we've seen again we've learned a lot it's been a hell of a a roller coaster over the last uh, 18 months and, and and a hell of a learning journey some of the things that keep kind of coming up which we've learned and and adapted to are Things such as the relationship between a, that a customer may have with the existing hyperscaler provider. So these relationships are significant. And there was a concern, I think, going into this, that customers are saying, well, look, how does adopting Rise affect my relationship with the hyperscaler? Right? And you've seen us now listen and respond to that. But actually, I have to say that there's the hyperscalers themselves that have really been fantastic on, on this, where... You know, from Microsoft in particular, if you've got this you know, Mac agreement now, your the rise spend now counts towards the Mac agreement, right? So, so we aren't penalizing customers for their consumption of hyperscaler capacity. So, regardless of where that kind of happens, that kind of is driven straight through that. So, okay, brilliant, no, no problem. Other kind of aspects of it where we hear come up quite a lot to your points around what are customers nervous about. We often have conversations around the perceived lack of control. Right? So as you highlighted, customers have invested a lot of time and money in these SAP platforms. And the feeling is, well, hang on, if, if we move to Rise, does that mean we lose control of it? And actually, the answer is no. Rise should be seen almost as an extension of the customer's network. Rather than it being a black box that you lose control of completely, actually, you lose very little control. Again, we the commodity tasks like the backup and, and all this, the infrastructure stuff, yes, but I'd argue actually that the loss of control on is it going to be a system size A or system size B, I don't think that should be 
too much of an issue for, for most organizations. But where it really matters at the application layer, there's no there's no loss of control. Yeah, and I think that's uh, important reassurance for customers because, uh, as, you, as you say, you know, there is that element that, that it's a factor in, in some people's minds and to make sure that people understand that they, they fully retain the ability to manage the application layer and the processes that uh, that run the businesses, that's really important. And, um, and and I think that will reassure a lot of people, yeah. So so moving on to the conversation in terms of, we know the rise with SAP sort of product comes with bundles of some starter packs for things like, you know, business technology platform, business networks, et cetera. And these are important elements of the wider SAP ecosystem and, and um, really exploiting the maturity of today's technology to, you know, improve the the capability that we can bring to bear for all of our customers. So can you just explain a little bit about how we could sort of, uh, you know, make best use of those uh, elements of the offering, I guess? Yeah, sure. So I guess, look, first of all, a bit of level set on these um, aspects of the service, right? If you sort of delve into, into the detail in terms of the volume of credits, the business technology platform and volumes of sort of service you get from a Signavio um, BPI kind of point of view, these are designed to support POCs, initial kind of projects of these type, types of kind of technologies. And we've got some really good examples of that. But an organization isn't going to be able to take these and deploy BPI throughout their entire or based on just sort of the things that come as a, as a part of the service, right? So the way in which to, to see them is to think about them as tasters, introductions to kind of these, these things rather than um, something um, more broader. But in terms of examples, if you look, for example, at what and how Unipart are using the BPI Signavio capability. So they are adopting S4 um, internally, and they're using BPI to map current processes around current state, and then trying to understand what the target state processes look like and what that journey then looks like from A to B. But actually going further than that, it's really exciting. Unipar are also uh, working to understand how they build in that BPI process mapping capability into how they work with their customers. So this is an organization going through a complete transformation itself, and they're building that capability into actually their go-to-market proposition. But clearly, the, the amount that comes within the package itself is just a, a way to kind of get started. And then we, we anticipate it sort of going from there. No, absolutely. And I, and I think that's important. And when we've very much seen that, that we're, we're uh, extolling the virtues of some of these new capabilities. So particularly in, in for example, the business technology platform space, you know, we, we look at things like process automation and, and capabilities like that. And that's where a lot of the, the potential magic is for a lot of businesses, you know, that, that uh, upgrading to this modern platform from their legacy environments unlocks the potential for a lot of that sort of stuff. But for many people, that would be their first step into that type of um, world. And so I think the ability to be able to, to use these starter packs, as, as you say, as a, as a taster, to be able to deploy a, a simple single use case to validate the potential that these technologies bring. So we've, we've done that with a number of customers where we've deployed, for example, process automation bots, or we've done a little uh, piece of integration 
to simplify and streamline that. Uh, and, it, and it gives that glimpse into the potential of what these capabilities can bring in terms of efficiency and, and visibility. And then that helps, you know, customers have the confidence to, to take that forward beyond, uh, you know, the scope of those starter packs. I think it's a really valuable uh, element of the RISE thing. And, and as you say, you know, it's important for people to understand it's not um, the panacea in its own right, but it, it really does help to have a, a concrete, tangible use case that you can deliver to a customer within that to, to help convince them that this has got you know real real potential going forward. And you, know, you, you sort of touch on a really important point there that performing the role of sort of the broader partner ecosystem is is critical, not only for generally the adoption of RISE, but specifically on sort of making some of those elements of the, the service kind of come to life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, we talked a lot, James, about um, you know all of the benefits that, that this can realize and and We've tried to, I guess, dispel some of the, the concerns that the customers may have in terms of embarking on this journey uh, without, you know, underplaying them. So, so if I can ask one one sort of fundamental question, why do businesses need to act now? So the, the, the tendency when asked that question is always to think about sort of the support deadlines and things, right, 2027. And, and that, but actually, we're not seeing that. The big driver for why act now comes back to the value that's on the table. So McKinsey recently did a study on this and they're saying that there's a billion dollars of value out there for customers between now and 2030 associated with moving to the cloud. But importantly, they stress that that value is not in the migration of the workloads themselves. It's not in the lift and shift. It's in the process simplification, the process transformation that happens when you do that, right? So that's that's the really exciting part. And actually why customers need to act now is because that value is there. So go get it now rather than wait, because if you don't, you know, your competitors are, are going to drive it. The other thing I touch on, which is really important. We're starting to see this come in more and more. And that's a, it has been talked about in the marketplace, but I'll talk about it again here. And that's the skill shortage. This is real. Okay, the, the skills shortage will get worse as we go on. So getting those SAP skills in the market, there's not enough of them. That is a fact. Um, so the longer and longer you wait, the more challenging I think that that is going to become. Even if you just look at the simple maths of the, the customers that are going to move, I think I, I, I read in our Q1 results now we've got 14,000 customers live on S4 now, which is fantastic. So we are absolutely really, really seeing that uh, that acceleration of customers to, to S4. But if you look at the, the time that it takes to train people to get them to help customers make this move, good news for you guys, right? Because there's going to be a lot of business, I think, for, for partners. I think that's right. I think the demand out there, this is a really um, valid point. The skills shortage has been flagged a number of times in, in recent months and years. And um, and I think it's absolutely right, uh, you know, that that's a consideration for customers because it's it's important to get the, the best possible guidance and advice through this journey from the people who have the, the, the experience and the expertise to help them do that in the partner ecosystem. And, and we very much recognise that. And, and accordingly, we'd encourage customers to uh, you know, get on the journey to, to make sure that they can tap into that that expertise uh, to help them get the right outcome that they're looking for, yeah. 
And just going back to the, the value thing before that, I think that's um, that's a really key point uh, as well, that, that this value is out there. There's, there's lots of uh, opportunities where businesses that have been early adopters and have been able to digitise their offerings to the market have stolen a march on some of their competition uh, in, in both sort of new business models in some industries, but also in disrupting uh, traditional players in traditional markets as well you know there's lots of examples of that and i think as, as that evidence continues to come to the fore hopefully that'll encourage more customers to to see uh, that there is real tangible value out there as well and, and to be able to to get onto that and i think one one point i wanted to make there as well is is this um uh, i guess what i refer to often as, as the law of diminishing returns so, so we know there's there's pressure internally within businesses to become more agile more responsive to uh, open up, you know, new markets to digitise processes. There's a perfect storm in a, in a sense of, of lots of, of technology and capability maturing now all at the same time. So we've talked already about things like process automation, and and we could go on to talk about you know uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, etc. All of these things now have been around a while that they're now reached a, a good level of maturity that they are able to be adopted widely. So there's often pressure on businesses to say we need to do some things to to exploit these capabilities to improve uh, you know what we're doing and it's very easy to to look at those as little point solutions in their own right and sort of try to bolt those onto uh, a legacy environment but you know that that may work to a, to a very limited extent but the, but at some point pretty quickly you're going to reach the point where the fact that you're trying to use a a legacy core solution you know that was designed a generation ago to to bolt these things on where where it was built in a world where these these capabilities just didn't exist. I think that's a really compelling argument to make sure that you're you know modernizing the core platform that's built in this era to be able to really fully exploit all of these capabilities and, and bring forth the process efficiency and visibility uh, and, and automation benefits that that um, can really drive things forward. So we, we very much advocate that, and, and, and part of our process that we go through with customers is to do you know uh, s4 and rise road mapping to try and help them understand all those facets of the journey and, and make sure they're making the right choices so in order to try and break that down and, and not get away from the perception of a, of a large-scale scary big bang transformation is really to say let's look at some of these things that you could do beforehand in terms of preparation activities and it might be you know some small things like um Replatform and a small element element of customization that you've done previously in your legacy environment. See if we can move that to, to uh, you know the business technology platform ahead of time. Maybe modernize some of the analytical capabilities so that you're starting to add value in, in a short time frame to your business to, to help them make better, more qualified decisions. Uh, and, and similarly, that will stand you in good stead for the future as well. And that way, you can then make the core system transformation from. Uh, your legacy environment to rise uh, a simpler one because you've already taken care of some of the aspects of it, uh, but also manage the scope of that carefully enough so that it's not too too large a change impact on your business. Uh, and then after that, the world's your oyster in terms of you know continuing to exploit more and more of the capabilities going forward. So we very much advocate that road mapping approach. Again, coming back to what we said before at the start, uh, with every customer having a, a unique starting point, that journey is going to be subtly different. Uh, as a consequence of that for every customer but we can help people on that journey and, and really realize the outcomes they want yeah absolutely spot on um like it, it would be easy to fall into the trap of thinking that sort of the initial migration of the workload into the cloud is the transformation itself the reality is it's just the start 
And actually, that's one of the things I'm, I'm most excited about is um, not just continuing to win and onboard new rise customers, but actually now looking at the longer-term journey for those customers that have signed up. And this is, and this is a complete mindset business model shift for us. This is no longer just about selling the software, moving on to the next one, selling some more software. This is a lifetime customer outcome driven life cycle where actually just the, the initial onboarding with rides is just step one. Actually, the really exciting steps are two, three, four, five, right? You, you know, it's, it's the journey that, that we then go on. And actually the, the real acid test for this is going to be in three to five years time when when we're starting to then renew those initial sort of early adopters of rise okay that that'll be the real acid test as to whether we've been successful or not although at the minute it's exciting to see so many customers adopt it actually the thing that's most exciting is what's going to happen next i think that's a really positive note to end things on yeah so thanks very much for your your time uh, today james and um for everyone out there the world is your oyster if you modernize your your platform you can really build on that and exploit all of these capabilities to uh, drive your business forward in, in fantastic new ways. So thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it.